Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This is a podcast from Minute Media. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the FanSided Network. I'm your host, United Noise site editor, uh, site expert, and associate editor, Peter Panacey. And uh, I am super stoked for today's episode on Niner Noise. There's a number of reasons why, obviously. We've got the free agency fallout, first week free agency in the books. Uh, Niners losing some key players, of course. You've got Lincoln Tomlinson on the move, DJ Jones leaving, Raheem Mostert, most recently, Juan Williams as well. And then there's some news about this quarterback who didn't get dealt uh, in that opening week of uh, free agency when, despite all the speculation in the world that he was going to be, he's still gone in a Niners jersey. So very excited about today's show. But the one reason I'm super excited beyond all other things is I got a special guest on for all of you here today. He's one, the only, the Robert Louder. You know him from Blue Wire Pod's Striking Gold podcast. You've also seen his stuff over at Niners Nation and uh, USA Today's uh, The Niners Wire. And oh, yeah, that's right. I keep forgetting this. Rob's a Niner Noise alumnus. Alumnus, yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> Rob, great to have you on, man. I'm super stoked about this. It's been too long since I've chatted with you last, and I apologize for that. How you doing, man? I'm, I'm, I'm so thrilled to have you on the podcast. Dude, I'm doing great, man. It's it's awesome to be on here too. I mean, when you asked me to do it, I, I was like, I mean, my schedule is free for one, but even if it wasn't, I probably would have made something work because you can, you don't we don't get too many opportunities to jump on here and talk about, um, you know, when it comes to my history of writing and then turning it into a podcast, you're right there in the beginning, like you are, you are chapter one. So, um, you know, and those for those of you who don't know, like one day I was sitting there watching a 49ers game and. You know, I, I'd already created a Twitter account and was following everybody on Twitter. And I was like, you know what? I have some thoughts. Why, 
why don't I try writing? And uh, I was always good at writing in school, even though I was an art kid. I was like, I'll try writing. Why not? And, uh, and Peter was the first person I messaged and he was like, yeah, man, jump on board. Let's do it. And then, you know, a couple of years later and a couple mentors later, and I'm, I'm in the 49ers locker room doing, doing the damn thing. And, and obviously Pete and I have talked many times up in the, the 49ers press box and it's just been a full, uh, a cool full like circle thing with me and you, Pete. So like I said, man, you're chapter one. So it's, it's always a pleasure to be talking with you. Yeah, it's so awesome. I mean, I, 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 one more success story from, from Niner Noise and there's plenty of other sites that do this sort of stuff here. Like the ability for you to, to turn this into what you have and to, to spread your footprint in this industry is absolutely fantastic. And, and of course, you know, this is, you know, you can, you can find Rob on Blue Wire Pod, Striking Gold Podcast. You can check out his archives at Niner Nation, Niner's Wire, and of course, NinerNoise.com. So, Anyway, before we dive into the meat of things, just a quick PSA. If you like the podcast, either the Niner Noise podcast or the Striking Gold podcast, be sure <laughs> to head over to wherever you get your podcast, hit that five-star review, go ahead and subscribe, share it with your family and friends. But Rob, we got a lot of stuff to dive into here. You know, obviously there's plenty of stuff we can chat about 49ers free agency who's coming and going, but here's the elephant in the room. Jimmy Garoppolo has not That is a good-looking elephant. It's a, it's a darn good looking elephant. He's got his own subway commercial. And, uh, and, and nevertheless, it's, it's still an elephant. And I mean, I, I try to wrap my head around this so hard and think to myself, the Niners were hitting into this offseason at the best possible opportunity to trade Jimmy Garoppolo, who in, in, in other circumstances, middle of the road quarterback, 30 years old, frequently injured, just coming off a shoulder surgery that's going to keep him out until like training camp. But so many teams need quarterbacks, and all of these quarterback carousels started taking off, right? I mean, Russell Wilson's gone, but then you saw unexpected things, right? Like the Browns landing Deshaun Watson, and then all of a sudden, the Colts picking up Matt Ryan after sending Carson Wentz away. How much do you say that this is on the 49ers for misplaying the market? Or do you think that they're maybe just kind of a victim of, of bad luck and bad timing and unforeseen circumstances? You know, as much as I don't necessarily feel like people need to be let off the hook, you know, like I have no need to, to for anybody, whether it's John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, Prague who anybody in that building, I have no reason to let any of them off the hook. But in this case, it honestly just seems like a perfect storm at, 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 at one point, it seemed, you know, skies were clear. It seemed like it was obvious Jimmy Garoppolo was going to get traded. There were so many teams out there that needed a quarterback, and you just kind of saw it. And, you know, it, was, it, was, it became cliche to call them all dominoes, but that's really how it was. You know, one quarterback fell. You had, I was trying yesterday when I was recording, recording my podcast, I was trying to go through them in order. You know, you had, and this is not in order, but then you had Carson Wentz uh, to the Colts, uh, excuse me, from the Colts to Washington. Then you had Tom Brady coming back. Then Russell Wilson to the Broncos. Rodgers chose to stay. Deshaun Watson. Everybody assumed Deshaun Watson's legal troubles were only going to escalate. And I'm not, you know, entering my opinion one way or the other as to that situation. But it seemed really clear that things were not going to get easier for him. And then all of a sudden he was cleared of all legal charges, which could still come back around. And that was just a huge piece of the puzzle because not only did the Browns immediately pursue him and like I think Matt Mayoko said it best, really like sell their soul for Deshaun Watson. They, you know, the biggest fully guaranteed deal we've ever seen. And, you know, that sent Baker Mayfield and he still hasn't been traded. And then 
You've got the other teams that it was clear where they weren't really trying to swing for the fences. You had Pittsburgh going the Mitchell Trubisky round. You had the Saints going with Jameis Winston. And everything just kind of, you know, the Falcons went with Marcus Mariota. You know, it, it was either teams were like swinging for the fences or they were going with like kind of a fiscally responsible slash I don't have to give up any draft picks type of route. And Jimmy Garoppolo fell right in the middle of that. He wasn't considered a swing for the fences move and he wasn't necessarily cheap either. You know, his, his contract is not considered expensive for a quarterback anymore, but it certainly isn't cheap. And so he kind of fell right in the middle. And I feel like the 49ers, the only way you could really pass any blame onto those guys is if those guys being John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan and everybody in that building is if they had gotten good offers and decided to be stubborn and stick around for what they felt was going to be a better one. Like you saw that report from pro football talk about them getting two sec, having an offer for two second round picks. And I don't think that's true. Like it just, even you look at all the other quarterbacks. I mean, Matt Ryan, he's older, obviously in the twilight of his career, but he's a great quarterback, third round pick. So two second round picks just doesn't line up for what the market looked like and what Jimmy Garoppolo had. I know I'm covering a lot here, but to me, it just seemed like the 49ers really found themselves right in the middle of a perfect storm of quarterbacks. And Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't, wasn't included in it. And it, it's hard to blame them unless we knew more about what they turned down. But I, from looking back at it or looking at it now, after most of the dominoes had fell, it just seems like <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo, just like his style on the field, it was just right in the middle of the road and, and, he, and, he, and he didn't, he didn't pass any tests. Gosh, that's, that's such a good point too. And you bring up the, uh, the report from, from Mike Florio over at Pro Football Talk about uh, reportedly John Lynch telling teams that he had an offer of two second round picks in the bag, but then earlier today, we're recording this on a Tuesday evening, uh, NBC Sports Bay Area's Matt Mayoko, not, not reporting, but speculating that he doubts the Niners really got anything. And potentially that was a move by Lynch, maybe, or just kind of a drummed up report somehow that the 49ers had two second round picks in the bag. Because I would say this, in light of what's happened, if there's going to be any concrete corroborated report that the Niners received two second round picks for Jimmy Garoppolo and chose not to bite. I mean, that's, that's, I, I mean, obviously it's not a fireable offense, but it easily could be if uh, you're in that sort of line. I mean, that would be one of the most God awful non deals uh, right. out there as possible. Right. I mean, it's it, Jimmy Garoppolo was picked up for a second round pick in 2017 to get what the Niners got out of him. Granted, they paid him a lot of money, but two NFC championship games, winning one of them, a lot of injuries and so-so play, but nevertheless to turn him around for another second round pick, let alone two, that's the part where I was like, gosh, if that offer was ever in hand, you couldn't see that any, any situation would have just turned it down. So I guess, I don't know what, what the forethought on this is now anymore, but the options are running out. And I don't know if you agree with this take, but there are pretty much just three teams left who are in need of a quarterback now. You do have the holdover options, kind of like the one-year bridge gap options, two-year bridge gap, you know, the Mitchell Trubisky's, the Marcus Mariota's in the world. Uh, obviously not long-term answers, but for a team like the Steelers, who knows? Mike Tomlin could, could probably make that a playoff team. He did with Ben Roethlisberger last year, and Roethlisberger couldn't throw it five yards. Uh, the Falcons, they needed to, to – to start this rebuild, even though they're eating a ton of Matt Ryan's cap space, and who knows what the Saints are going to be. 
I'm looking at the Seahawks, the Panthers, and the Texans really is the only legitimate suitors. Obviously, it's going to be almost impossible for the Niners to convince themselves to trade Garoppolo within the division of Seattle. And Houston, maybe, but I know Nick Casario went on record saying he really likes Davis Mills. Uh, the Panthers just cleared some cap space. They've got $29 million now, according to over the cap. What are your thoughts about what happens next? I mean, is this 49ers deal going to go down quickly where it's like, all right, 49ers might have to settle for a six-round pick. So, you know, hey, anybody, anybody take Jimmy Garoppolo? Like, <laughs> what do you think happens now? It's really tough to say. And I mean, and it's as as much of a cop out as it is, it almost at this point seems like 50 50. And you have the fit one side, you have the, the prospect of him being traded. You know, I, 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 I too kind of feel like the Texas Texans probably liked what they saw in Davis Mills last year. At the same time, if they feel like Shivan Garoppolo presents them with an upgrade, they're in a perfect situation to make the trade because they have Davis Mills that had a lot of experience last year, and he can guide them through that offseason while Jimmy Garoppolo does all the book work and then, you know, is obviously ready for training camp. Are they in, you know, but again, how if they're if they like Davis Mills, then they have no reason to do that because you could probably convince yourself pretty easily that Jimmy Garoppolo is not that much of an upgrade over Davis Mills, you know, depending on what your point of view is. Now, there's there's plenty of reasons why you could think Jimmy Garoppolo is quite a bit better. But at the same time, Davis Mills was a rookie. He's going to he's presumably going to get better after an entire offseason. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if they decided to to just go without it. The Panthers obviously have space. Jimmy Garoppolo would account for the vast majority of that space that they just created. Um, I don't know why they were creating that space. I know they just restructured Christian McCaffrey's contract, right? Um, so it looks like they're creating space for something. You don't just necessarily restructure players with no, you know, because whenever you do that, you're pushing responsibility down the line. You know, the money comes eventually. So I don't know why they would be doing that unless they planned on spending that money or at least a decent chunk of that money. So maybe they're planning on making a move. And then, then you have the Seahawks, which obviously seems like the least realistic option. Now, unless the Seahawks were willing to overpay for Jimmy Garoppolo, they're just not going to send him to Seattle. That, you know, that's just – no matter what they feel like, what, what they feel towards Jimmy Garoppolo truly, I still don't think they would want to ship him within the division, division if that division opponent thinks they're getting better by trading for your quarterback. You know, it's just – bad business you're you're setting yourself up for a pretty horrible storyline there the 49ers have already been trampled by the Seahawks they don't need to get trampled by the Seahawks with Jimmy Garoppolo that would be a whole new level of losing so I just I don't see not that I think this Jimmy Garoppolo led Seahawks would beat the 49ers but that's just you can see that storyline from a mile away so I I just see like you said the, the possibility of a trade is just dropping and the, the likelihood of a hold on to him until he gets healthy enough to pass a physical and then release him is seems like the more plausible option now, you know, and, and I don't, obviously the 49ers don't want to do that. I don't think they want Jimmy Garoppolo in the build, not anything against Jimmy Garoppolo, but it's obviously time for Trey Lance to take the, the, the ball and go. And having Jimmy Garoppolo in that building, just bring, you know, every press conference, there will be a question about Jimmy Garoppolo. Every Trey Lance interview, there will be a question about Jimmy Garoppolo. 
and it will just keep going and going and going and going. So I'm sure they're ready for all of this to be over. But to them, the smartest thing to do is to just hold on to them because they don't have any immediately pressing moves that that money is keeping them from doing. And then release him once he can pass a physical so they're not on the hook for that. What is it? $7 million in an injury guarantee, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I think it's $7.5 million. That, that, that's yeah. an excellent point. I think, like, you know, obviously, if you're, you're not totally familiar with the situation, Garoppolo having a shoulder injury uh, may or may not have impacted the trade market. It's hard to say. But, yeah, it, it comes down to this point where you have to question whether or not the 49ers value getting something in return, anything, or if they value that cap, that cap space. Now, there's the argument, oh, they could be more aggressive in free agency now. Going back to Mayoko's piece earlier today, he was saying that even if that money was available, it wouldn't have changed the, the 49ers free agency plan. They got Charvarius Ward. He's their number one ticket item from the from free agency. So that, that kind of does illustrate a good point. And, and I, I think this is the only thing that makes me wonder, and obviously it's going to depend a lot on being able to clear that, that, uh, that physical to a point where Garoppolo can be just out, like, outright released. I always hearken back to 2016 when Teddy Bridgewater, then of the Vikings, suffered that knee injury. And I can't remember exactly what it was. It was training camp or OTAs. But nevertheless, the Vikings scrambled, dished off a first-round pick for Sam Bradford from the Eagles, who, <laughs> who was basically being jettisoned for Nick Foles <laughs> yeah, at the time. So, yeah, this isn't to say the market for Garoppolo is – dead forever it's you don't know but then again you don't necessarily want to hold out for someone getting hurt so yeah to your point rob i with each passing time as long as people stay healthy and you kind of have to plan on them staying healthy uh the chances of, of him being let go are probably a very very real thing to happen but let me ask you this so assuming garoppolo's gone and i fully agree with you i don't think 49ers want that circus circus that happened a year ago with lance garoppolo garoppolo lance who's doing what when if, if garoppolo is released outright when that time comes if that time comes what happens then i mean it, it, signing on as a backup i, I mean what the market's going to be different like what do you think his future holds in that regard i'm always kind of curious about that well and that's the biggest thing with me is because you always I've read so many times fans thinking that Jimmy Garoppolo's surgery was some type of slight against the organization to 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 derail their efforts to trade him when if you look at how this has unfolded that surgery has done Jimmy Garoppolo no favors like it, it's not benefited him at all you know if 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 anything what Jimmy Garoppolo wanted most was to be healthy and have a team that was ready and willing to trade for him and immediately sign him to an extension that kept his contract going for, let's say, another two years. So he would essentially go to a new team, be their starting quarterback, and have like a three-year deal. Well, now he gets none of that. He, he, no team has traded for him. And now he's set there, he's waiting, rehabbing an injury in a building that's not going to be his. He's not learning a new playbook. He's not gaining any ground in a new, with a new team. And so, I, you know, every time somebody says, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is just trying to screw the 49ers, it's not really how it works when you realize that Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't benefited from his surgery at all. You know, like it's really put a, a pretty large speed bump right in the most important part of his career, which is transitioning from this team to another, getting that new contract. And that can all still happen. 
But who knows what Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do now? I'm assuming he'll be on the 49ers roster for a little while. If he's not traded, he's got to sit there and get healthy. Now, on the good side of things, he can't throw a football anyway. So Trey Lance is going to be taking all of the reps anyway. So that's, which is what you don't want. It's at this point, everything needs to be aimed toward Trey Lance and in the 49ers defense, the offense they run under Trey Lance is not going to look anything like the offense they ran with Jimmy Garoppolo uh, for the most part. So it's not even like they can relate, but with Jimmy Garoppolo now he has to sit there and watch the team change under Trey Lance and, you know, wonder where he's going to go because no team has been willing to trade for him. If let's say if it does go down that route where he's released, I don't even know what he signs for. It's, it's so far into the season. The only thing that could happen is that like Sam Bradford situation where somebody gets hurt and then they're immediately like, Hey, Jimmy Garoppolo is available. Just sign him. How much is he going to sign for? I don't know. He can't really necessarily be too picky because there's not a lot of options. He's not going to have a lot of bidders. He's not going to have a lot of people throwing big numbers at him. So you know, and to go back to that injury guarantee, I do know that if the 49ers have to release him before he can pass a physical, he gets that seven and a half million, but it is an offset. So if he signs for anything more than that with another team, it immediately comes off the 49ers books and transfers to that other team. But I mean, that's neither here nor there. Jimmy Garoppolo is, is in as tough of a spot as the 49ers are. He doesn't have, they don't have good prospects for a trade and he doesn't have good prospects for a job. You know, it's, there are still a couple teams that would likely pick him up. I think if he was a free agent, the Seahawks would seriously look at him. I think the Panthers would seriously look at him and maybe even the Texans would those, they need legitimate options. It's just right now he's kind of stuck in quarterback team purgatory where he can't go anywhere and he can't prepare for anything. He's, he's just literally his only focus is to rehab and make sure that he's available to throw when a team calls, whenever that is, whether he's on the 49ers roster or a free agent. So, you know, I think, the idea that he somehow and medically from what I've read, everything Jimmy Garoppolo did make sense. They gave it like a month after the season to see if it was just going to naturally heal the thumb that at one point they were weighing surgery naturally healed, but the shoulder didn't and see, and that's what doctors do. They will say, no, let's give it some time. Let's see if good doctors will always, I think Matt Mayoka said this yesterday in his 49ers talk podcast, a good doctor will always say, Surgery might not be needed. Let's give it time, see if it heals. And it didn't, and it didn't heal. So they had to have surgery. So obviously everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but I think the idea that Jimmy Garoppolo was trying to slight in an organization that has been very good to him uh, just seems a little dramatic. You know, I, I just don't see that happening and everything else, the way it's all went down, just doesn't really lend a lot of credence to that. Well, I mean, you, you, to your point on, on that as well, even if Garoppolo was, you know, his camp was saying, okay, let's try to stick it to the 49ers. Even if that was so, talk about backfiring 100% <laughs> of a way. I mean, it's like, well, that didn't work. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, this is the worst possible scenario for him. Uh, he's going to lose out. If things go this way where he's outright released, he's going to lose out on that, what, 25.5 million post-trade amount that he would get. I mean, he's still going to get 1.4 from, from San Francisco that's, uh, that's dead money. But, I mean, you're losing out on that. Uh, you're losing out on the time that you'd need to adjust to a new offense, develop rapport with a new team, uh, and that's going to pay dividends down the road, like you know, into the regular season when that matters. 
so yeah, I, I'd have to say I agree with you on that one, one hundred percent. It's part of that perfect storm you mentioned, right? I mean, just yeah. how the weirdness of the market played out. I don't think any of us. Maybe we saw riding on the wall with Baker Mayfield, and but you didn't really think the Browns are going to be in play for Deshaun Watson. And it's like, well, the Falcons have a ton of money committed to Matt Ryan, and they moved him. They'd have to eat a huge chunk of change for it. They're not going to do that. Well, all this stuff kind of comes into play, and that 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 landscape certainly changed as in. You're absolutely right about the Trey Lance show being now, and I don't. I, I, I try to get very just grounded as far as as what what happens now as far as Trey Lance I want to get excited I want to be stoked I have all the reasons to believe Trey Lance will be electrifying fantastic you don't know of course it's going to have to pan itself out but at least the early signs are good the one thing I do think the Niners are are, are going to focus on doing now is letting Lance understand fully well what his role is heading into the season. And I get it. It's always a competition, right? You want to have someone pushing you, trying to take your job. You want to try to take someone else's job. But, I mean, gosh, you played sports. I played sports. <laughs> it's been a while since I have. But uh, when you know your roles, whatever that role is, you can settle into it. You feel a lot more comfortable. Uh, it, it must have sucked with Trey Lance last year. On the fringe of starting, right? Kyle Shanahan coming out saying, well, we were close to starting when we weren't playing so well. Uh, and then, of course, just being a full-time backup, not even seeing packages on the field anymore. At least going into this upcoming season, knowing that the entire offense is going to be revolving. The weapons in place, either the ones who are there now or the ones who will be, be the draft, remaining free agents, whatever, that's all going to be designed around Lance. The playbook's going to be designed around Lance and his skill set. And that distraction of Jimmy G kind of hanging over the heads, it can't carry on for, for too much longer. Obviously, the 49ers get into like training camp and Garoppolo finally gets healthy. It's time to lose him, and that's that. Give me a real rundown. What are you excited about Trey Lance for this upcoming season? I want to get back to a little bit of free agency talk and whether or not the 49ers are worse or better than they were a month ago. But what gets you hyped up about Lance? Man, I'm curious to hear about that. Man, I would just say for la- it's not the best word to use, but it's the first person that pops in. First one that pops into my head is just kind of like an unpredictability, like a volatility to it. You know, like obviously we know that Trey Lance is in good hands in Kyle Shanahan's offense, but it's not what Kyle, I'm not as excited about what Kyle Shanahan is going to bring to Trey Lance as I am what Trey Lance is going to bring to Kyle Shanahan, you know, and that you saw those practice clips that, that got posted on Twitter. You saw the things he did in those two starts and you saw how drastically he improved from that first start against Arizona to that start against Houston. And I'm not really hard on the, Oh, well it's Houston talk because the Houston Texans that week before that throttled the, the lot of the, the chargers. So, I mean, they were a team that was riding a lot of momentum at that point and, I saw a player that in just his second start looked dramatically improved, looked willing to throw the ball around and make some tight window risky throws. And I can only imagine what that's going to look like from a guy who is the guy all off season long. He's not splitting reps with anybody. Every, every person he's throwing to is part of his first team offense. He's going against, you know, the, the first team defense. I mean, he was already kind of doing that with the scout team. And from what we heard from them, as the season progressed, he got pretty crazy and he was pushing that defense pretty far. And 
those clips we saw from practice kind of verify that. And that's just practice. But at the same time, it doesn't take a genius to watch those clips and be like, whoa, that's, that's like some raw, you know, moldable talent right there. And so to me, it's just going to be the change. We haven't seen a quarterback like this in a 49ers uniform since Colin Kaepernick. And you just saw how, you know, it's not always great, especially with a young quarterback, but at the same time, there's just that, that, you know, the possibility that anything can happen on any play. 49ers fans just need to think of what it was like to play Russell Wilson. And now the 49ers are getting a little bit of that. Somebody that can work outside the system that can move around, that can throw the ball way downfield and just scare defenses a little bit. I can guarantee you Trey Lance's in Trey Lance's first start, his first season, NFL defenses are already more scared of what he'll do versus what Jimmy Garoppolo will do. And that's not a slight against Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo just plays a very run-of-the-mill brand of quarterback. You know, there's nothing about it that really scares you other than his ability to just see target, get ball out. And where and Trey Lance is a whole different animal. You know, 6'4", 230, 40 pounds, can shrug off tackles, can move around, can get out of the pocket, throw the ball downfield, throw it on a rope, throw it, you know, it's, I'm just looking forward to the unpredictability of everything. You know, like I want to see those plays where you think the guy's got him sacked and he shrugs him off and he rolls to the right and he throws it 40 yards downfield back across. You know what I mean? The stuff we've been seeing from, from, I'm not saying he's going to be a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes or those really truly gunslinger quarterbacks, but I do believe that will be the type of the brand of football he plays. And it's just going to be straight up fun to watch. Yeah, you saw that. I mean, you saw some of that in the Texans game. I remember Lance was chased out of pocket a few times here and there and, and was able to escape and then keep his eyes downfield. I think that was a big difference from that game in comparison to what you might have seen back in the preseason. I, I, I do remember that, though, being up in the press box for that first preseason game against the Chiefs. And that, uh, <laughs> that deep touchdown to Trent Sherfield. Uh, I mean, the, the, you know how it is inside there. Like, you can hear the outside noise, but you really can't. And all of a sudden, as that ball was going up through the air, the, the noise in the stadium just kind of, like, followed it. Like, I don't know. And it just it reverberated through. And that was – I was like, okay, this, this kid's special. He's got a can of arm. He can throw outside the numbers. You know, he's not going to live between, you know, five and ten yards down the field. And that sort of unpredictability. I, I mean, I think Kyle Shanahan learned a lesson from being beaten by guys like the Russell Wilsons of the world, Josh Allen, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think Lamar Josh Jackson. Allen beat the 49ers worse than any quarterback yeah. has oh, under Kyle yeah. Shanahan. Gosh, yeah, absolutely. That was that was a drubbing. And, and Josh Allen looked unstoppable in that game in 2020. And I don't know. I mean, I'd have to ask Kyle, and probably someone did, maybe, whatever, but I can't help but wonder if that was the moment where it's like, I need to get an athlete under center. No more of this Jimmy G stuff. No money, more of this Kirk Cousins, you know, affinity. Just the game's moving to an athletic quarterback. And it's I would think, I would think watching that type of an ass kicking firsthand has to change you in some way. You know, Josh Allen's a big guy. He's about the same size as Trey Lance, maybe a little bigger. And just to sit there on the sideline and watch a quarterback tear up your very respectable defense 
has just got to be in a way, you know, for lack of a better term, traumatizing. Like you now know that either you are going to be a part of that wave or you are going to be the rockets crashing against. So, you know, like I would think that watching that game, that particular game against Josh Allen would just really change. If, if you Kyle Shanahan's a stubborn dude, but if the game was going to change your mentality about the tack you need, that seems like the one. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree on that. <laughs> I remember watching that going, gosh, this Josh Allen kid was raw and unpolished when he came out of Wyoming, central California. Hey, there you go. <laughs> the <old> fireball. <laughs> the old uh, fireball. Yeah. Can't, can't complain about that town right in the middle of uh, five and, and 99. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So like, I, I mean, I just, that was just a shellacking to a point that I think did change Shanahan's mind in that regard. And, and uh, you look at the bills now, they're a team that could knock off a chiefs team or, or, or a chargers team, or just the gauntlet that is the AFC right now. And, and some might argue that Josh Allen's the cream of the cream. I'd have a tough time trying to, to negate that despite the other quarterbacks in that conference. Maybe that's good news for the 49ers. Of course, the NFC is a joke when it comes to quarterback. You know, <laughs> Brady's back and Rogers stayed put, but uh, in that light, obviously the 49ers have gone through some of this free agency stuff. They lost Lake and Tomlinson, who started every game since being acquired since 2017. Uh, great for him. He cashes in three years up to 40 million. DJ Jones, again, great for him. He cashes in with Denver, important nose tackle who offered a lot up in the pass rush. You know, Raheem Mostert, I think the writing was on the wall for that, and, and Elijah Mitchell really plugged the gap well there. Uh, Kawan Williams, news today, breaking that uh, he's probably going to be joining the Broncos as well on a two-year deal. So, obviously, these losses hurt. These are kind of mainstay pieces from the 49ers' run of success the last few years. Makes total sense why the Niners let him go. Uh, obviously, expensive for Thomas and Jones. But if you're John Lynch, if you're Kyle Shanahan, if you're sitting there maybe looking at maybe one small move here that can be done in free agency, is there anybody you target? And then when you're getting into number 61 overall in the NFL draft, round two towards the tail end, what are you thinking to address? And if you think players, great. If not, hey, tell me position updates. It's like, where, where are you trying to focus the efforts now? Uh, to me, the focus has to stay on the offensive and defensive lines. Um, they're in a very precarious spot there. They're pretty well off on the defensive line. I'm not going to pretend like that group is a weakness, but they did lose Arden Key, who played a pretty big role in the last uh, in that last half of the season. They lost DJ Jones, who might along. I can't say I, I'm going to push back a little bit. Obviously, Eric Armstead sliding inside, almost completely erased. With how good he played, almost completely erased the loss of Javon Kinlaw. You know, like he played so good there that even when Javon Kinlaw comes back, I don't think they're going to put him back there. Eric Armstead was unbelievable in that spot. Numbers do not tell the tale of how good he was there. Um, so you've getting Javon Kinlaw back, but at the same time, DJ Jones right behind Eric Armstead was such a massive reason why they didn't feel that loss. You can't, most teams cannot lose the number 13 overall pick. Um, a defensive lineman that, although he still hasn't really found his footing yet, can be quite scary at times, and Javon Kinlaw, but they absorb it like champs. They, they've shrugged it off. It was totally crazy. It's not really normal, and DJ Jones deserves a healthy share of the pie when it comes to recognition for them absorbing that. So, And then on the other side of things, well, stick to the defensive line. So now you've lost Arden Key. 
and really Sanson Ebukam, who also started to come on pretty strong towards the end of the season, is the main guy opposite Nick Bosa. And I feel like they need to get a little bit better than that there. Um, and at least give you another rotational option that could come in and, and really kind of have an impact there. Can somebody that somebody that you're comfortable with being out there at any point, you know, whether it's an, as a rotational guy or a guy that could just straight up compete for that role in, in, in place of Ebukon. And then on the other side, the 49ers offensive line is on like a little bit of a precipice, right? Like you have Trent Williams, who's as good as it gets. Then you, he lost his running mate in Lincoln Tomlinson, who was playing outstanding. That's why he got the contract he did. Now you're just hoping that a certain rookie that they drafted in the second round of last year will actually be able to come in and win that role. I mean, it, it, I'm like Aaron Banks, Notre Dame, another Notre Dame guy, their second Notre Dame offensive lineman in recent years. Big dude, kind of like them. You could understand why they made the pick to start. You could see how he would fit in there. But then he just never – he plays in the preseason, and that was it. And We never saw him again. And the fact that Lakin Tomlinson left maybe makes it, it – he almost gives the 49ers a little bit of an out in terms of why did your second-round pick never touch the field? Well, he was a left guard. And people just kind of assumed that he would be able to step over and maybe compete with Daniel Brunskill at right guard, which he was trying to do in training camp, didn't work out. And Daniel Brunskill is not as easily replaceable as everybody likes to act like he is. He's, he's a decent guard, he's you know, and, yeah, he's good. and just happens to be Aaron Donald's kryptonite for whatever reason. <laughs> That's like, why he's there. It's a, it's a fun joke to, to, to propose, but so now you've got Aaron Banks who can go back to the spot that he was drafted out of can play next to a guy like Trent Williams and, you know, and, and Alex Mack too. You're surrounded by the absolute most experience you could be surrounded by. Maybe Aaron Banks get off, gets off to a good start. He slides in at left guard. Not really a whole lot of com competition there right now. Uh, you got Daniel Brunskill at right guard, who's not necessarily a long-term solution. I think the 49ers would like to get better there. And then you've got Mike McGlinchey, who's coming off a very significant injury. Um, I believe is a quad tear, right? Yeah, yeah. One of the absolute biggest muscles in your body just tearing, which is terrific. I don't know if you're a big wrestling guy like WWE, but there was a clip of Triple H back in the day during the prime of his wrestling career. Uh, he tore his quad. And in the clip, he's actually kind of jumping forward and hitting somebody with a belt, the championship belt. And you can see his quad tear and roll up his thigh. Yeah. And you're just like, looking at that like what must that feel like in that moment because that is just disgusting <laughs> and so, heart. Yeah. right yeah. and so it was you know and that's what happened to mike mcglinchey and you know your muscles tearing from your bone it's pretty crazy so now you know who knows what you're going to get back from him the healthy version of mike mcglinchey was you know a little hot and cold you know when it comes to pass protection and run blocking but at this you know so i would say the 49ers stick with the tried and true method of investing in that offensive and defensive line. And again, defensive line, a little less of a priority, but you can never have too many of each position group. If any team knows that it's the 49ers who are, you know, have reaped the benefits of that. And Eric Armstead, a DeForest Buckner, a Nick Bosa, a DJ Jones, a, you can just keep them rolling. So that's where I'm sticking. Uh, I don't, you know, they did sign Hassan Ridgeway, who I'm assuming is kind of going to fill in that DJ Jones role, rotational guy that could come in and make an impact. 
Uh, I don't really have any names that I feel like would just immediately. I'm looking at them right now. Zedarius Smith obviously just signed for pretty good money with the Vikings. Um, there aren't really any names that jump out to me as a guy that they necessarily have to get. But to me, that's kind of where I would stick to. Try and make sure that those position groups don't start falling through the rafters. Because if you lose those, you're losing everything else. Really, I mean, I would say the 49ers cornerbacks, the secondary, kind of overperformed, overachieved last year. But a good reason they were able to do that was because the defensive line was just so good. You know, and the worst thing you can do for a brand new quarterback coming in for his first full season is give him an offensive line that can't run block or can't pass block. I mean, the latter being more important. So to me, as unsexy as it is, as much as that doesn't excite anybody, stick to the offensive defensive line, stick to the philosophy that's gotten has played a huge role in this team getting to where they are. And, you know, I'm not I'm not saying they absolutely have to go that route, but that to me seems like a pretty tried and true method for success. I've always been a trenches guy. Yeah, that's, that's one thing. And, and, and especially for rebuilding teams, I, I always appreciate when rebuilding teams start off by getting a, a stalwart left tackle or you know, a monster defensive lineman. Um, I think you've sold me on switching my opinion on this, which is great. So one of the things that I was thinking about that might be a 49ers top need draft, for example. I don't think they're going to spend too much more in free agency just as a community signings here. And who knows, maybe there's a guy who comes in and, and does something. But I think of, of the needs in the draft. All right, who's the first pick? You look at the pass rushers in the draft. It's a deep class. There's only a handful, you know, like the, the, the Hutchinsons or the Pivotos or whatever that are like way up at the top. Obviously, there's a, they're your, your plug-and-play day one stars. But even you're getting into round two, three, there's still very good pass rushers there. So I'm going to flip my decision. And, and I wrote about <laughs> this over at Niner Nose. I was thinking a, a good pass rusher to pair with Nick Bosa, a guy who's on a rookie contract once Bosa's uh, extension goes through, and God knows how much that's going to be. But Mike McGlinch is entering his fifth-year option, fully guaranteed fifth-year option. You don't know how healthy he's going to be. Do you want to go back to this again? You can find someone who might have that kind of well, – ideally, you want a stalwart right tackle, right? Someone who's done that and can do it well. Um, a lot of good offensive linemen in this draft. A few more interior ones than exterior ones. But I'm going to switch my total 100% argument that, hey, you know what? Go after that offensive line. It, there's, there's no shame in doing so. McGlinchey comes back healthy. Guess what? you got a swing tackle. Or maybe you got someone who can upgrade at right guard and bump out in 2020. Do that first. Again, as I mentioned, pass rushers, they're throughout all the rounds. Yeah, it, it, some of the moves at cornerback and safety, I don't know if Jordan Odom's going to replace Jaquas Guitar. Oh, it was a good spot starter. He's done that before, but primarily a special teams guy. Uh, I don't know if the plan is going to be to move Emmanuel Mosley inside on nickel formations to replace Juan Williams and Amber Thomas and and Ward on the outside. I don't know. Tarverius Moore is still in the mix, too. He's coming back. Yay, how about that? Uh, <laughs> there's options. You know, you can look at the roster and say, even though these losses are significant, every team deals with them, right? Every team deals with them. And the Niners' losses were big, but I don't think it's anything that they necessarily didn't anticipate happening. So that's the part where I feel confidence. Uh, you know, it, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan can make me angry. Lord knows I, I can call them out for making mistakes, but 
Sometimes the decisions that you make a year or two ago that wind up paying dividends down the road, I think we're seeing that. And I think that's a good thing going forward. So, yeah, I think that they could, you know, I, I don't necessarily think they're in a position where they can necessarily they could make a wrong decision. You know, like I don't think that any position group is maybe that offensive line you could make a serious case for, but I don't think any position group is just absolutely screaming for attention. You know, they signed George Odom. You've got Talano Hufanga was was played quite a bit for a rookie at safety. Um, like you said, you got Tarvarius Moore coming back, and he kind of proved in that last, you know, when he was last healthy, that he can kind of go all over the place. He was he was pretty physical and he was playing all over. So if if he has a good recovery and he's gotten plenty of of recovery time. So you're assuming you're going to get back the way, you know, medical advances are in 2022. You're pretty close to healthy to various more. So, you know, I, I, so I'm looking at safety, you know, I could see them going that route, either in the draft, somebody to pair with, with um, Jimmy Ward. I think they're going to try and keep Jimmy Ward around for a long time. You know, I, I don't, he just seems for a guy that came from the Trent Balky area, era to have endured himself endeared himself to this team is just pretty impressive but that's neither here nor there so yeah my point being that i don't think that they could really go a direction other than quarterback where it would be wrong you know if they went for like a stud or you know super shifty slot receiver or you know they went safety or they even added another corner to the mix because you know they that could use some more competition um I think maybe running back would seem a little childish at this point. Um, but other than that, I think the team is still very strong. They're still in a good position where they can take a good, good hard look in terms of the draft at best player available. Just get yourself a good football player. You know, every, everybody always likes to say, oh, it's best player available. Yeah, right. Don't try and sell us that shit. You're always looking at what position group is is hurting, and you're trying to make your best player available match up with that. Like it's you know, not me. yeah, exactly. yeah. It's it's everybody always loves Thank to you. say best player available, and I think that there are very few times where a team actually gets to do that. It's still a thing, but it, very few times a team like maybe the Chiefs can go best player available. I don't know, but. Um, I don't think the 49ers in a spot where they need to throw assets, whether it's free agent money or draft picks at a certain position. Um, but if, if you had to narrow it down to one, I'd probably say offensive line, which is the most boring answer, but there's nobody out there that watches football that questions the importance of a, of a good offensive line. Like it's a safe answer. No, yeah, you're, 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 yeah, you convinced me to change my mind on that. I'm, I'm fully, I'm, I'm on team <laughs> offensive line now. I'm jumping off the pass rusher ship and heading over to, to, to Team O-Line, joining Rob and, and all the trench guys out there, trench guys and gals out there. I mean, uh, pass rushers are still in the trenches, especially the yeah, 49ers yeah, guys. They're defensive yeah, ends. So. I'll just hop over the line of scrimmage like D4 did for his last game with the Chiefs. So, um, Sorry, that was a bit of a burn. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they feel fine. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure they made up for it there. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to think about what happened after that, but yeah, you know, and, and you think about any team that picks an offensive lineman early, you know, yeah, you're right. It's not the, oh, shit, do you believe we got this guy? Holy crap. No one cares. They're like, oh, this guy's really good. Yeah, that's smart. That's a smart pick. Absolutely. So I'll be on board with that. Well, Rob, I, I, I appreciate you coming on here. about to wrap this up. Just a real quick ask. Tell us where people can find you over there at the uh, Blue Wire Pod Striking Gold podcast. Where do they get that? How do they keep track of what you're up to and everything along those lines? 
Well, I mean, now that I'm, I'm solely dedicated to the podcast life, I mean, it's pretty much on any app that you listen to your podcast, search Strike and Gold, 49ers, you might have to, it'll probably be the first podcast called Strike and Gold. I don't think that's a very popular name out there. So well, if you search that, you, so you, might, right. you might find some, you might find some people who are like, well, I kind of want to go dig for gold up there and see. Right. <laughs> Could you imagine just accidentally stumbling on a gold panning podcast? Like what would, oh, what would that I'm, experience you be You know like? what? I'm going to do that. Let me tell you about this soon. <laughs> so yeah striking gold podcast of the blue wire network um and then on twitter at rob underscore louder um there isn't a lot right now getting me to that making me feel the need to tweet other than people that i don't know i guess my last real fiery tweet was just saying that this offseason needs to be about jimmy Graw or trey lance you know that seemed to get a lot of people fired up surprisingly telling telling everybody that this offseason should be about the guy you traded two first round picks to go up and get is a real hot take these days. So, uh, yeah, strange hot take on that. <laughs> I know, man. Super unreasonable, unreasonable. But that's it. Yeah, at Rob Ladder on Twitter, Strike and Gold Podcast. And other than that, man, I appreciate you having me on. I feel like yeah. we're, we're idiots for not doing this more often. Definitely needed to. Definitely needed to. And, and for those of you out there listening in who can remember the SenCal Faithful, um, yes, you you get one free download of the Niner Noise podcasts, which is um, basically they're all free. So, all right. <laughs> you get an extra bonus one. So, yeah, again, Rob, I can't thank you enough. And as we're getting ready to sign off here, just a quick PSA, not just for the Niner Noise podcast, but also the Striking Gold podcast with your own Rob Louder, who's nice enough to join us here today. Uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, leave us those five-star reviews, and be sure to share the podcast with all of your 49ers family and friends. So in the meantime, as we're getting ready to sign off on behalf of Mr. Robert Morrison, who I forgot to say is not here today, uh, but also especially Rob Lauder for being able to join us. Especially great thanks to him. Let's go ahead and sound the horn, 49ers. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones 
who get it done.